Really excited about this week's podcast. I'm lucky enough to have an Australian national medalist swimmer, a biomed engineer, and an all-round good bloke, Ben Lindsay on. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, Greg. How are you going? Good. And for those out there that wonder why Ben's on, he may have solved the problem of shin splints. Let's rip in. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast, bringing you everything you need, want, and should know about health, fitness, nutrition, and training. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. This podcast was brought to you by the newest product to enter the body science performance range, Myocytin. Independent research-proved body science Myocytin to outperform standard creatine. In only six days, athletes ingesting Myocytin gained more than twice as much body mass as those consuming regular creatine. Athletes also increased upper arm girth by over 200% more than regular creatine users and improved their bench press performance significantly more than users of regular creatine. Ask your local supplement retailer how to get yours. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy, and healthy. And we're going to talk about let's get rid of shin splints. And the man on is Ben Lindsay. How are you? Yeah, going well, Greg. Cheers for having me on. Can't wait to throw some stuff at you. Now, mate, I know you threw it under the bus there saying that you solved the shin splints problem in the world because there was actually a little team of you that did it. So do you want to shout out to them before we make you look good? Definitely. So on the team, I've got uh, my good friend, William McNamara. He's an MD. Um, I was also his best man, so I know a lot of dirt on him. Okay, good. Uh, And then Rosa Miller, who's a medical product designer. Yeah. We're all athletes from three different sports. And mate, so, why, why did you yeah. focus on, let's rip into why you focused on shin splints. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and lead into that story? Yes. Yeah, so, well, I was a swimmer, yeah. as, as you mentioned. I had called a slap tear in both my shoulders. So my shoulders are pretty useless. Uh, so butterfly swimmer, pretty typical. Did a lot of cross training for lower end aerobic kind of capacity work. So skipping, running. And I got shin splints. I got medial tibial stress syndrome. But for me, kind of wasn't the end of the world. Uh, but then I met William, who was a runner at the time, national finalist 400 meter runner and Rosa her claim to fame is uh, Tasmania's first female gymnast to final at nationals so she's got a big one when they get MTSS when runners get MTSS gymnasts a lot of those other athletes it's actually pretty much can be a season ruiner for a lot of them so for me I just got chucked on the stationary bike and got bored but I met those two and we thought well we're all studying three different things bring it together and see what we could do so mate why biomedical engineer I mean that's a pretty big ticket to have after (laughs) your name oh no uh so I used to study uh, oil and gas offshore civil engineering in WA. So I can see the relationship the devil's with work. Shins, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I found it pretty meaningless for yeah. me. wasn't wasn't happy with it. Just doing a bit of math, knowing I'd get a good paycheck uh, at the end after checking some boxes on a clipboard. Kind of moved moved to Canberra. I was at the AS for a, like a cross scholarship with Waste. Met Will there. Met a few others there, and I just thought, hey, you know, why not try and build stuff for athletes first? So. I saw this degree at UCID, the University of Sydney, Biomedical Engineering, uh, where they teach you how to build products. And I thought, yeah, there it is. I can maybe build some stuff in sports med, get involved with athletes, start solving problems that I had. And that's that's pretty much the avenue. And mate, how much does that differ to like a biomed degree? Oh, look, biomedical engineering is, they throw a lot of anatomy and physiology at you, some microbiology, things like that. Probably... I consider it maybe a double degree of almost like biomed science and mechanical engineering. So I, I majored in mechanical engineering to look at like the orthopedics side, human body thing, uh, human movement, stuff like that. You can go down the chemistry route and things, but maybe maybe like a four-year degree, you know, three years mechanical engineering, one one year biomed science. So a lot of what I've had to do is learn it myself still. 
Nice. Mate, how good is it learning? So let, and let's talk about learning yeah. yourself. I mean, you got three athletes, yep. three very qualified uh, individuals. How did you bring a product to market? Because that <laughs> doesn't normally happen a lot when you start talking about different pods of people. You, you guys yep. have d- done the hard works on the track and in the pool, and you've done the hard yards with the books, and you've launched a yep. product. So your product's called Solution, but it's spelled yep. S-O-L-U-S-H-I-N. A good pun. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> so you've got a comic on the team as well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Someone very clever. That's a good name. I rate that. But you're saying that's the world's first medical device that actually has clinical trials support effective shin splint treatment. Yep. Yep. So look, it all started on a college room floor. Uh, typical kind of startup. There was a big dirty red couch in a lot of our old photos and we're just kind of with all this mangled material on the floor. You know, unfortunately, uh, it's not a it's not a the most exciting story. It's basically doing a lot of research into literature reviews, identifying risk factors associated with injury and developing our hypothesis. Uh, I, our hypothesis was, well, we knew what worked. Load management worked uh, with MTSS. We knew it was a bone loading injury. And sorry, when I say MTSS, I mean shin splints, medial tibial stress syndrome. We knew it was very much this kind of junction of bone loading. So too much, too much load too soon. So the bone can't build up at a rate quicker than it's getting broken down. But then there was all these myofascial traction theories. So things associated with like the soleus, so the calf muscle and other surrounding muscles. And we thought, well, load management works. It just sucks basically it just takes too long you know strengthening like you know geez if we could make everyone stronger um i think wada might be uh, knocking on our door if we made that too easy uh so we thought why not try and look at the the other areas so try and give a device which could measurably get people back to training properly quicker could we see that difference but then also we spoke to a lot of athletes there was no kind of short-term win when they found out they had mtss it was just deload you're gonna have to change all this up you know the season's not looking too hopeful and if that's the end of the season you know basically most of them just push through the pain so on one end could we get them returning quicker and on the other end could we give them a good pain management tool yep. uh, to get them through so do you want to explain what the device actually does yep sure can so the device you wear it before or after training yep. 30 minutes to two hours and what you're going to get we're focusing on reducing tension in the soleus so the calf muscle so we see a measurable improvement on ankle range of motion just after an hour so 21 percent improvements on knee to walls is the average uh, in the cohort study we did and then over a sustained period of time we're also compressing the inflammation along the border of the tibia so on the furthest third we call it the distal third of the posterior medial tibial border so the furthest third of the inside border of the shin bone it's where all this nasty kind of inflammation builds up sort of touch right so compress the inflammation, reduce tension in the soleus. And then over time, using that as part of your recovery in a load management program, you know, our RCT has shown just a quicker, much quicker return. So you, you'll get through load quick, load management quicker. You won't be at rest as long. And then you're just back to training and performing. You know, we saw most people typically back at about five weeks. The In the RCT, that was about five times quicker than load management by itself. So all those performance coaches out there are going to love that. So if I'm just average Joe or weekend warrior, that's sitting at home and I've got sore shins. Yep. I'm basically applying this two hours before I train and two hours after. Uh, Look, 30 minutes to two hours. I think a lot of people go between the 30 minutes and one hour. So why Um, so short? Is it painful to wear? Does it it really restrict movement or? No, not really. So one of the things we saw when looking at 
kind of like other products out there in podiatry and physiotherapy was this notion that you're immobilized, like you can't move around. You just got to put on, put it on and watch telly. Yep. And while that sounds pretty good, uh, athletes don't like sitting around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so we wanted to make it that you could just walk around, get around the house. Basically, you know, if I, if I wear mine for anything, I'm just going to wear them when cooking dinner and eating dinner. Yep. So put it on. It's like a, as difficult as putting on a pair of shoes, maybe a tad little bit more tedious than putting on a pair of shoes. I just slip mine on. I don't remember the last time I did laces yep. uh, and then just cook dinner and eat it. Uh, 30 minutes to an hour for the average Joe, you'll expect your calves to feel good is generally the feedback. So reduce, reducing tension, think like a little massage therapist, just holding onto your calf so you just get that release and then if you've got real nasty shin splint symptoms so mtss symptoms you get a pretty quick kind of reduction in pain what we call acutely so in the short term it is going to fire back up a little bit on your next run because we can't solve all the problems unfortunately in one go um, but it's a good pain management tool as well so if i was and look just trying to get a head around there because people are listening they can't visually see the product in front of them yep it's very much like a, what's the material that you've made it out of? Uh, so the easy way to describe it is it's kind of like a, a sleeve with four horizontal straps. So four straps that wrap around your calf. Yep. And in the sleeve on there's on just one side of your tibia, there's a little rod that kind of we compress down with the bottom two straps. Yep onto that side of pain but also on the second strap from the bottom there's this node so if you think like a thumb that we then push into your achilles tendon it's called the muscular tendinous junction where the that tendon and the muscle kind of join and then also on the top the next top two straps we've got one on the inside of the calf and one basically on the outside of the calf um hard to describe but basically three thumbs on the top three straps and what they do is cause that release in muscle tension like a lot of people the easy way to describe it is you get trigger points in your muscles absolutely yeah. in your in your in your calves there's three nasty ones that can flare up in some runners and they're at the what we call the origins of the, the calf muscles the soleus muscle so where it connects and basically by targeting there it's like pulling the hook or the hitch out of the corner of a tent we target the tension there and then we see the whole tent kind of fall down so the muscle releases. So if I'm one of these athletes that will try anything to get rid of shin splints, <laughs> yep. what happens if somebody, and I'm, this is probably a little off track and you're probably thinking, wow, I can't believe he's going to say this. What if somebody trained in them? It's just uncomfortable. Uncomfortable? Like, um, yeah, there's no need. It's just uncomfortable. We've done, this whole thing's been done on what's called a patient reported outcome measure. So long words for basically how does it feel? How do you <laughs> feel? You know, and it just becomes uncomfortable. So, you know, if you're a coach and you've got an athlete and we're thinking about compliance and you're an athlete as well. You want something to make you feel good. You don't want to just be putting yourself through it. And it's not a good pain yeah, okay. when you're running it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not It's not something you enjoy. Like I, I loved getting dry needled and getting destroyed on the massage table, but this is a different kind of pain. It's just, it's not too comfy. And is it is it only used when you've got the issue or is it also a preventative tool as well? Oh, uh, look, we prevented recurrence in, in the clinical studies. So this is where one part of what we do is we try and only say what we know yep. just to kind of help differentiate us a little bit stay in our lane. um yeah stay <laughs> in our lane don't want to get caught out really so we know it prevents recurrence yep. from from our clinical data but we don't know if it prevents it ever recurring kind of thing so if you've never had it we do know it's in terms of the risk factor of having tight calves or a tight soleus for the injury it's a big risk factor but ultimately we're never going to be able to fight against an uneducated athlete doing too much too soon so this comes back to the bone loading so if you do too much too soon and your bone can't keep up you know we're not a magic wand that you tap on your shin and all is cured uh 
we are what's called an adjunct. So it sits next to doing the right thing and just solves the problems with doing the right thing. So it makes it quicker. But as a standalone and doing all other things wrong, I don't I don't think we're going to be helping you too much. Miracles. <laughs> we want us to get some miracles here. Some miracles. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you do wear it for a, a, about an hour, then you can walk across water. Um, so, so That's it. That's uh, what we want to hear. And you can launch a rocket. Yeah. No, we, look, yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've actually had a good look around and you actually have a lot of people that truly believe in your product and I must congratulate mm. the three of you on that. So yeah. we love hearing about young Australian people being innovative, what's next? Uh, look, we're now looking at Australia. We've been doing everything, listening to the physios, the pods, the sports physicians, and now adapting that model to the UK is yep. like our next thing. So listening over there, how does it fit into that market? And then also the US. So we've been talking to people in the UK and then also in particular Chicago in the States. I've uh, been talking to some physicians and athletic trainers there. Yeah, so nice. expansion, I guess, is the simplest way to say it. So are you a, are you a long-term shin expert or are you you're going to go to other parts of the body? I definitely want to go to other parts of the body. So my thesis at uni was actually on plantar fasciitis. Mm -hmm. So it'd be good to do something there. That's a very common injury across multiple age groups. Nasty. The thing is what works, there's a lot of stuff that works with that injury. Uh, it's just these little inherent problems with what works. So you can get results uh, through strengthening. You know, there's an awesome product out there, Fasciitis Fighter, guy up on the Gold Coast made it, Hamish. Um, if people did that properly, and I think if they were compliant to it uh, and listened to all the things, then they're on a pretty straight run. But, you know, compliance is an issue. You know, skin is an issue with a lot of the taping. So if we can solve those problems, then I think we'll be onto something. But it's just about just about applying our current our current product dev model, product development model. Uh, and making sure we don't, you know, start making magic ones. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. So, are the three of you going to? Are the three of you committed to this business? It's moving forward. Your did you? How, how did you structure the roles of each other? Let's talk a little bit for the entrepreneurs out there that have got mates that want to oh, do things. Yeah. How did you work out who's doing what? Oh uh, well, so the medical doctor is pretty easy. Uh, he has a big focus on the clinical side. Yeah. Uh, so big time. Uh, I'm the engineer, so I got an engineering background. Uh, so along with the medical product designer. Role, you know, kind of a mixed role between the two of us on getting the product to market. I, if I make something by myself, it comes out dull and boring. Rosa adds awesome flair to it, makes sure it's something people want to use. Yes. But that's that's only a few things. There's a lot of, you know, holes in, in the business there if we're not address, addressing it. We realized sales wasn't there. There was no salesperson on the team. But doing medical stuff takes a while. So I, I ended up getting a sales role at a, at a company, at a startup and helping that grow. And basically went from this engineer who hated talking to more than one person. And that person had to be the warmest introduction to, <laughs> they basically used to, they made me walk from cafe to cafe until I got used to just being told to piss off. Yeah, nice. uh, no, I don't want to talk to you and all that. So we, I've ended up filling the sales role and Rosa, the product designers, you know, had to learn so much extra things uh, to get on top of it. But Rosa and I are pretty much full-time. Um, and then Will, he's, uh, he's an orthopedic registrar in Wollongong. Uh, and then he kind of just orchestrates and has his tentacles everywhere to make sure the clinical studies are going on. Nice, nice group. So how hard have you found a transition from athlete to international expansion? I mean, it's not 
not easy, especially when you can't no. travel, to start up in other countries. I mean, if you went over there and put your feet on the ground for a month, you're going to find someone eventually. But you're pretty well much requesting Skype chats, I assume. <laughs> yep. And then the hardest thing about selling our product is trying to explain what it isn't. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people look at it and they think it's like a knee brace or like a usual compression sleeve. So what we've kind of got to do is get it on legs. So obviously that's something in Australia. So New South Wales, there's a lot more solutions being used in New South Wales because I just got in my car and drove everywhere, put it on as many legs as possible. The UK, US, it's going to be tedious. So Zoom at the start, no one liked it. Um, you know, no one knew how to use it. Uh, I, I had background in using it, so I found it confusing uh, that people were confused. It's slowly been adopted, but what we've kind of had to do is shift from this is how it feels um, to the education behind it. So giving a reintroduction to the injury, updating them on the injury, how to diagnose it, and then this is our piece of the pu- in the puzzle. And we've managed to get pretty good traction without putting it on legs that way. They end up getting it though and then going, oh, this isn't what I thought it was, but cool. So they still see the value in it, but they just didn't get that experience. And we'll figure it out with the UK, I think. Nice. I mean, while I've got you, before we finish up, we're just going to talk about how we uh, ran across each other. You know, I was one position off making a semi-final in 2012 at Oz Nationals. Yeah. Uh, so first reserve, like, you know, we're talking about 50 fly here. So it's like, you know, an absolute smidge, right? And before that race, I was just on coffee, like no word of a lie. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, who's now a good friend of mine, Tomas Sotosani, he's an Olympian. He, he pulled out of the, the semifinal. So first reserve, I got in. Nice. Right, outside lane, right? So in the morning, I did a half second PB. And then I was actually feeling tired. So my friend at the time, Greg, he was using body science chaos before all these races. So you gotta you gotta have this. So I will admit it turned it was like a few nuggets in there. I don't think Greg was looking after it too well. I put a wet spoon in there early. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I had this nugget of chaos, threw it in the shaker, uh, away I go. Then in the final, you know, first semi-final uh, on TV and everything. Uh, outside lane, dove in, just put my head down, didn't focus on anyone else, um, just kept kept in my lane, and then touched uh, another, I think, point three. All these improvements uh, don't ever quote one. me on them in one day. So I was pretty stoked with that. But again, first reserve for the final. Uh, so I was like. Shit, that was my chance. Could have got the final. Oh, well, good PB. Uh, and then, lo and behold, it was, I think it was, I literally think it was Jeff Eugle. Um, He pulled out of the final. Uh, and then I was like, oh, cool. So I've gone from first reserve for the semi final. I progressed through. And then I was like, what am I going to do for the final uh, against all these like Olympians and everything? So I was 18 at the time. So I just had, uh, I don't know if you'd recommend it. I had chaos. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first person in the world to do that. Don't feel bad. Yeah, and then I just remember looking across the field and going, uh, excuse that, excuse the language. I was like, well, fuck this. I've trained as hard, if not harder, than all of them. Just put my head down and finished third. Nice. In the outside lane. So That's awesome. You know, bit of staying in my own lane, bit of body science chaos, yeah. uh, you know, got me my first Aussie national medal. Hey, we love that. And we'll, we'll own that too, just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, train for years and I'll claim it on three um, chaos drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that's gold. Let's keep chatting. Have you yeah. got any tips apart from your solution to uh, what people should be doing to maintain healthy legs? Uh, look, strengthening and load management are key here. So 
you know, getting a good pair of shoes is always good, but I, I do recommend you go to your physiotherapist, go to your podiatrist, whoever your favorite treatment partner is, and then get a load management program. Don't just dive into the deep end. You shouldn't be running, say you haven't run before, you don't run five kilometers on the, you know, two days in a row. That's, that's silly. You know, get someone who's educated to design that program. If you want to go through it quicker, that's where we start to kind of fit in. So looking at the timeline, but honestly, physiotherapist, podiatrist, get those programs together. Otherwise, you know, you're going to get, you're at risk of a variety of injuries, not just shin splints. And a lot of them are just going to ruin your chances at, at a successful marathon if you're not careful. Nice. And are you a cold fan or a hot fan? Don't really know. I used to love cold. There's a lot of stuff out there that I read now where the research makes me go, oh, really? Because I used to love it kind of thing. Like I used to love cold treatment mm. and all this new stuff coming out saying it doesn't work. Like yeah. I go winter swimming all the time. Yeah. Like so like if I'm butchered and my knees are cooked from from a run or something or some weights and I'm dummy, like I go for in the winter, I just go into the ocean and swim around in my speedos and then I come out and I feel great. And the <laughs> So, you know, I do prefer the cold. The research side of me goes, starts to question it, but maybe I'll stop reading the research so I keep getting the placebo <laughs> effect they're talking Gotta about. feel yeah. good. That's what matters. That's what matters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mate, it's been awesome having you on. Your website is solushin.com. You've also got an Insta account at the solushin. Yep. Mate, if people want to talk to you about product or they want to talk to you about shin splints i'm sure you're open to lots of chats on that how do people oh, get definitely. you straight to me is just ben at solution.com i'll do my best to answer anyone who, who emails out even if you think it sounds like i've been preaching something horrific reach out try and focus on a research and discussion background so always happy to bounce ideas uh, and see where the differences are and if anyone's looking for your research how do they get their hands on that uh so we've got the prelim rct and prospective cohort study it's called published in the journal of science and medicine in sports after we did some stuff with sports medicine australia so you can find it there if you can't find it or don't have access reach out to me the full write-ups are currently pending publication so we can't really give you the full write-ups yet because of all the confidentiality Absolutely. agreements we've got with the journals but i can definitely make sure you get a hold of all the prelim stuff that's already out there in the public perfect so mate thanks for coming on board for everyone out there please subscribe to the body science channels so we can get good people like Ben on. Mate, thanks for coming on. It's really interesting. Are we going to back this up with a little article on shin splints? For the web, yeah, that we can put out so people can get it and put all your contact details on that, mate, so people be able to get it from awesome. bodyscience.com.au and work out what to do. Awesome. Thanks for Thank coming you, on board. Enjoyed Appreciate that. It. Right. Cheers, man.